This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Grab your coat and get your hat. Leave your worry on the dark. Good afternoon and thank you for joining us on the Afternoon Buzz on this gorgeous New England day. Uh, one of the most colorful autumns that we've had in quite a while and um, it, it's just a uh, a pleasure to see these kinds of colors again. Hello to you, to you, Dan. Hello, Buzz. How's your Friday going? My Friday is going better than my Thursday. I want to thank you for covering for me when I had the sniffles yesterday and a cough that I did not think listeners wanted to suffer. <laughs> Any big plans for the weekend? Uh, lots of plans for the weekend, including um, uh, Harry Karamidis, the uh, editor film editor for the Back to the Future trilogy and for Children of the Corn, the award-winning Hollywood um, film editor will be at the Shea Theater in Turner's Falls. Um, and so they will do a, a screening of Back to the Future, I think it's seven o'clock for folks. It's cheap tickets, like, I don't know, 15, 20 buck donation. And then he will do a Q&A after that. And then uh, they will do a screening of Children of the Corn, which I've never seen because I'm not a horror movie guy, but I hear he told me that it is not um, blood and guts kind of horror. It's like extremely suspenseful kind of scary movie. Um, and then he'll talk about that um, afterwards on a panel. So there's that going on. Um, and uh, there's a, uh, a number of fall-like things my wife and I are going to go to. How about you? Oh, nothing. Got a, maybe a party on Saturday, but outside of that, nothing planned. Nice. Well, looking forward to this weekend only because of the color. Um, and the great I'm weather. Always I'm sorry? And the great weather. The great weather. And uh, we are not going to, because we have such a great guest on, I'm not going to go into, I'll just mention a, a, a few things that, um, if we have the opportunity, I'd like to talk to you about on the air later. I'd love to talk to you about the January 6th committee's uh, subpoena of um, the former president, which I think uh, we've all been waiting or many of us have been waiting for. Those of us who feel the way I do about that president have been waiting for. Um, we also have um, the extraordinary uh, verdict in um, Connecticut. Uh, from uh, that uh, against uh, Mr. Jones, Alex Jones, for $965 million, which I think is, as the Lieutenant Governor candidate Kim Driscoll told us on the air on Wednesday, it's a tremendous amount of money and not nearly enough to compensate these people for what they've been through. Now we have uh, Herschel Walker getting in all kinds of trouble. We have uh, the uh, some people are very disappointed with the Parkland uh, monetary verdict. Uh, not monetary verdict, excuse me. The, uh, the, um, instead of getting the death penalty, he got life without possibility of parole. But personally, as a death penalty opponent, as an abolitionist, um, I think it took a lot of courage for the jurors that voted, that refused to vote for death. Um, and um, I applaud their courage and conviction, even though I certainly understand that a lot of secondary victims are furious. Having said that, what I am anxious to talk about is our very busy and very patient 
Max Richmond, the CEO and president of the National Committee to Preserve Social Security and Medicare, who has patiently been listening to us blather about the weather and other things. Hello, Max. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's always a pleasure to. Every time we speak, I learn something, and I'm always appreciative. I know how busy you are, and to, that you take time out for our listeners is a real pleasure. Not only do you do the work you do, but you manage to inform so many people about their rights and um, and, and the government's responsibilities. So there is, right now, we are approaching the open enrollment period. Let's talk about Medicare first. What does that mean? What should people know about the open enrollment period? Well, the open enrollment uh, period for Medicare <clears throat> begins uh, October 15th, so tomorrow. And this is an excellent opportunity for Medicare beneficiaries to review uh, uh, their coverage and to see what's changed and uh, to make any decisions uh, uh, about uh, their coverage if they want to continue it or uh, enter into a Medicare Advantage plan. I hope we can talk about that a little bit, too. Uh, you know, if, if you're on Medicare and you're satisfied and the, the plan you have meets whatever requirements uh, you have and you're, you're happy about that, you don't really need to do anything. Uh, but it, it is an opportunity. It comes around once a year uh, to make some changes, and that will begin tomorrow. And when does that period end? It usually uh, lasts for uh, 30 days. Okay, so people should be aware. So if, for example, if they are thinking of uh, adding a supplement, uh, purchasing a supplement or changing the supplement, then they should look at what coverages they have and decide whether they should uh, enhance the coverage of their supplement that they're purchasing or that they have or um, exactly change their Medicare, right? If uh, you have a supplemental policy, a Medigap policy, uh, this is a, an opportunity to make whatever changes are suitable for what your needs may have become, how your needs may have changed during the past year. But Buzz, I just wanted to let you know that the open enrollment period is October 15th until December 7th. Right. Oh, until the day that lives in infamy. That's great. So people have a little bit more time. That's great. So you mentioned, Max, the, uh, actually, I want to just backpedal. Is this, there's different parts to Medi Medicare. Is what we're talking about, open enrollment, pertain to all those parts, part A, part B, part C, etc.? You know, you're breaking up there. I don't, I'm hearing a big echo. Oh. Um, various parts of a Medicare program, open enrollment pertains to Medicare A, B, C, right? Um, Buzz, maybe I should call you back as I'm, I'm missing every oh. other word. I'm sorry. Um, okay, you cannot hear me? Now I do. Okay, um, Dan, Max is going to call in. I thought they was, did he Skype in? Is that what happened? No, um, he called in. Oh, okay. Maybe he doesn't have good cell service where he is. So I, what I wanted to ask him about is these Medicare Advantage plans. We, 
we see uh, Joe Namath uh, far too frequently telling us to purchase these these plans um, because traditional Medicare does not cover uh, opticians and eye exams or hearing aids or dental work or oversee care or podiatry. So you can buy these um, Medicare Advantage, these private plans, but everything I understand is that the premium costs far exceed the likely benefit that you'll get. Obviously, if you need catastrophic something, it would pay off to have the Advantage plan, but uh, for just your regular routine maintenance or uh, uh, eye um, exams and optician costs and things like that. And of course, now that we can get hearing aids over the counter cheaper, um, now that that's being approved by the FDA, that would also change things. Is Max back with us? I, you know, I, I'm going to... I think I need to try calling you again. I'm on a landline, but you're breaking up. Uh, I don't know why. Yeah, call us again, and uh, we'll, go, we'll right. take a break. Okay. okay, let's take a break, and we'll come back and see if we can get a better connection with with Max. Um, you're, you're on the afternoon buzz. Do stay with us. Happy talk, keep talking, happy talk. Talk about things you'd like to do. This is the afternoon. Hey everyone, it's Tina Marie, co-pilot of the Cambridge Connection. I'm also a certified credit counselor. For 25 years, I've been helping people have a better relationship with money while getting out of debt. Every Saturday morning at 9.30 a.m. right here on WHMP, join me, Gordon, and our variety of amazing experts who stop by to offer great advice, Navigating the daily financial maze of life. This week, join Gordy and Tina Marie with guest Walter Kroll, commercial real estate agent and partner at Macmillan Group of Springfield. Two leading lights of the modern-day Afro-Cuban jazz world. Alfredo Rodriguez and Pedrito Martinez, October 20th at UMass. Both born and raised in Havana, Alfredo Rodriguez and Pedrito Martinez are electrifying. Rodriguez at the piano, Martinez surrounded by drums, cungas, tumbas, and his deep-cut mango hand snare. Musica, mi sueño, musica. The classical piano prodigy and the streetwise percussionist, a potent combo taking Afro-Cuban jazz to new and exciting places. Quincy Jones produced their new album, Duologue. Get tickets at the UMass Fine Arts Center website. Alfredo Rodriguez and Pedrito Martinez, electrifying Afro-Cuban jazz, Thursday, October 20th. 7.30 p.m., Falker Auditorium at UMass. Picture perfect days in the valley, and there's not a better place to celebrate those perfect days than at the Bridgeside Grill in Sunderland. The Bridgeside Grill has undergone a stunning transformation and expansion, and now it's time to revisit one of your favorite spots. Check out the new and expanded bar area, or dine outside on the patio. The Bridgeside Grill is open Tuesday starting at 9 a.m. and serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And don't forget about Sunday brunch and live music every Thursday and Sunday. The Bridgeside Grill, right in the heart of downtown Sunderland. Pets and people, they belong together. They help us feel calm and loved with every tail wag, kiss, and snuggle. 
Fake and Humane Society believes in this bond, and your support keeps people and pets together. You provide resources so animals with medical issues can get the care they need to find homes. Our pet food aid program lets people facing tough times feed and keep their pets because you care. Bacon's many programs and services help companion animals and the people who love them. To make a gift, visit DakinHumane.org. Coming up, it's Mayor's Monday, and we'll be talking policing and public safety and COVID recovery and schools with East Hampton Mayor Nicole Chappelle and Holyoke Mayor Joshua Garcia. Both mayors will be our guests Monday at 9 o'clock. Get in on the conversation. Bill Newman, weekdays at 9 and again at 5. WHMP, news, information, and the arts. At the Northampton Survival Center, we believe that no one should choose between paying bills or buying food. En el Northampton Survival Center, queremos que nadie debería elegir entre pagar sus cuentas o comprar alimentos. We supply free groceries for people in 18 Hampshire County communities in a safe outdoor distribution. Proveemos comestibles gratis a personas en 18 comunidades del condado de Hampshire en una distribución segura y al aire libre. For information about grocery pickup or delivery, call 413 586-6564 or visit NorthamptonSurvival.org Para información sobre recogida o entrega de comestibles llame al 413-586-6564 o visítenos en NorthamptonSurvival.org If the challenges of the past year have left you needing help we are here for you Si las dificultades del año pasado lo han llevado a necesitar ayuda estamos aquí para usted Pets and people, they belong together. They help us feel calm and loved with every tail wag, kiss, and snuggle. Bacon Humane Society believes in this bond, and your support keeps people and pets together. You provide resources so animals with medical issues can get the care they need to find homes. Our pet food aid program lets people facing tough times feed and keep their pets because you care. Bacon's many programs and services help companion animals and the people who love them. To make a gift, visit DakinHumane.org. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. What the problem was? Okay, good. We just came back on the air. So Max Richmond is with us. So Max, I wanted to ask you about the COLA. We have... This year, I remember you reported to us before we got this year's by this year, I mean, 2022's 5.9% uh, cost of living adjustment, which was a particularly large one, larger than we'd had in recent years. And I think for 2023, we're going to get an even larger one. Is that right? That's right. Uh, it's really the largest COLA since 1981. It's um, 8.9%. 7%, which uh, on the average will increase a beneficiary's check on average by $146 a month. So that it's a huge uh, cost of living adjustment. And that comes on top of uh, the one for the current year uh, that was 5.9%, which was also extremely large. So that is good news uh, for Social Security beneficiaries. Uh, but I think it's important to keep in mind 
that there were many, many years uh, that the cola was zero, three out of the last ten years it was zero, and uh, seven out of the last ten it was one or two percent. So there's a lot of catching up that needs to take place. And and the reason is, uh, the, uh, during those years, there was such a small cola. Basically, the formula for determining what the cola is is flawed. It, it does not measure inflation as it impacts a, an older person. It does not emphasis, put enough emphasis, weight, uh, on uh, those items that uh, seniors rely on. I'm talking about uh, health care, uh, prescription drug costs, uh, not enough uh, emphasis and weight on those items. So for that reason, there's been a lag in the COLA for quite a long time. So while this is good news, I think it's important to for us to have a more accurate measure. So it isn't just one or two years that there's a decent COLA, but every year. And there are proposals in the Congress that would do that. They would have a different uh, calculation focused on the things that seniors buy and need and how much the cost of those items and services change from the third quarter of one year to the third quarter of the next year. So uh, we're, we're very pleased that it's a, uh, a large COLA, and we hope the formula is uh, – change so that it will continue to be accurate and more generous over time. I'm so glad you pointed out that it is, while we're celebrating it, we should uh, keep some perspective on it. I, uh, you and I have spoken a number of times before, Max, and you know that I am an uh, unabashedly progressive. Uh, we are approaching an election in November 8th where uh, a very important election of uh, what Congress is going to look at and I, I look like. And I think it's important those caveats which you just threw out for listeners to remember that um, things, we have some promising things. The fact that the FDA will allow us to get um, uh, over-the-counter hearing aids um, and the fact that Medicare will soon be able to over a period of time, but nevertheless, begin uh, negotiating price with the pharmaceutical companies. All of those are benef benefits to elders, but housing costs, affordable housing is getting, it's a super problem. And people, people have to check and see what the candidates they're voting for want to do and how that's going to impact on elders. And that's what you do for us, isn't it? Well, those are all milestones, in my opinion, huge improvements. Uh, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the legislation you referred to that uh, dealt with the ability of the government to negotiate uh, for prices is a, is a huge uh, step in the right direction. It's not everything we wanted. It doesn't cover as many drugs. It doesn't uh, bring drugs into that negotiation as quickly as we would have liked it to happen, but it, it is a big step uh, to lowering the cost for prescription drugs. Uh, and uh, hearing aids, over-the-counter hearing aids, 
legislation that allows that was passed five years ago. It's taken all this time for the FDA to uh, issue regulations. And I do understand they wanted to be sure that uh, over-the-counter hearing aids weren't weren't just blasting someone's eardrums and and just loud, but were uh, designed to improve uh, hearing loss. And and by the way, these over-the-counter hearing aids that are now allowed to be sold uh, in drugstores, electronic stores, they are, they are for mild to moderate hearing loss. Serious hearing loss, you're still going to have to go to an audiologist and uh, have a, a prescription and get your hearing aids in that manner. But uh, these, these are clearly improvements. And also the same legislation that uh, allowed, uh, mandated uh, the negotiation of prescription drugs. Some of uh, some uh, and more added each year, starting next year. Uh, there's also a cap on out-of-pocket costs of two thousand dollars per year uh, for for prescription drugs. Which is, if you are seriously ill and you are spending thousands and tens of thousands. Uh, of dollars a year on your uh, medicine. This is a, really a godsend. So it's a huge step. <laughs> I have heard that Republican, some Republican candidates for Congress <laughs> are going to start uh, trying, if they reach the, the uh, majority, to repeal this, if you can believe it, to repeal these improvements that have taken so long to put into place. So um, I hope that your listeners and uh, uh, voters around the country will pay attention and ask uh, candidates what is your what is your planning to do with these uh, new improvements in Medicare? Are you going to stick with them? Or are you going to try to overturn them? I'm I'm so glad you pointed that out. And in the two minutes that we have left, Max uh, Richmond of uh, the National Committee to Preserve Social Security and Medicare. Uh, by now, I hope that most people have heard that Senator Rick Scott, who's the chair of the Republican senatorial campaign, trying to win back a majority of the Senate, which would have a profound impact. He has put out this 11 point plan to quote unquote, rescue America. And he wants one of his, I forget which one, but one of those 11 points is to sunset all federal legislation. So uh, that would include Social Security. So every five years, Social Security would basically dissolve and they would have to reenact it if his plan went into effect. Now, I think there's about 70 million people on Social Security. What impact would that have on people, Max Richmond? Well, it's it's really, uh, it's such a misguided proposal, and, and many Republicans have disassociated themselves, distanced themselves from this plan, and I hope it doesn't gain any traction. Uh, but keep in mind, as you said, Senator Scott of Florida, he's the chairman of the campaign committee that is uh, committed to electing and re-electing uh, Republicans to the U.S. Senate. So they're going to be, those that win are going to be beholden to him. And his plan, as you said, uh, is to uh, have these programs sunset every five years. Now, that sounds kind of innocuous, 
but what it means is you would start from scratch. You'd have to create these programs all over again. And you can imagine the political environment that we're in now, how, how, uh, how difficult that would be uh, to create a Social Security and Medicare program starting all over again. You know, I, I know a member of, former member of Congress from California. Uh, her colleagues that are still in uh, Congress have spent about a year and a half trying to get a post office named after her. And it's gotten all tangled up in, in politics. And that is pretty simple compared to recreating Social Security, recreating the Medicare program. So it's one of the worst ideas uh, that's come around in a long time. It's on a par with uh, President George W. Bush's uh, plan to privatize Social Security, which he committed to right after he was reelected in 2004. Another awful idea. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, uh, this fades away, uh, but I, I am worried about it. Uh, and, and it's not only uh, Senator Scott, uh, Senator Johnson of, of Wisconsin. His idea is to roll these programs into the general government, and they wouldn't be uh, automatically available every year. They'd have to be reauthorized. Uh, uh, every year as other programs in the government. Again, it would get bogged down in politics, filibusters, trade-offs. Uh, it would really be, uh, I think, portend the end of Social Security and Medicare. Why in the world um, uh, a member of uh, the Senate uh, would want to go that route is beyond me. It's beyond me too, and, and I, I think it must be sheer coincidence. But these ideas, like the one that instead of having the Social Security Administration administer it, which has a very small margin of administrative cost relative to what everybody pays in a premium from their paycheck, uh, they all want Chase Bank or some one of the eleven banks uh, that they name to administer it instead. Um, it's it, I guess it's a sheer coincidence that it's always billionaires who want the rest of us. Uh, not to mention the fact that 100, if you make over $140,000, you don't have to pay into the fund. It's, right. um, that, yeah, that is a, that's a very good point. You know, that changes a little bit every year. Next year, along with the announcement of the COLA, that wage cap will go from 147000 to 160000 uh, And after that, no more payroll tax. Why? Uh, Why? You know, we, we would Why don't they? they we they're better able to make the payments than the rest of us. Max, I want to thank you so much. I'm sorry we had that little technological problem, but um, it, I know you're a busy man. You always find time for us. I really do appreciate all the work that you do and the time you spend explaining to well, us these to important like I matters. Just, I think I, I lost you when we talked about the open enrollment. This is an opportunity. If you are in a Medicare Advantage plan and you're unhappy with it, this is the time when you can change and go into traditional Medicare. And I think a lot of I've, I've talked to a lot of Medicare Advantage beneficiaries who feel that the network of doctors is too restrictive. Uh, they're fed up with the denials of their uh, claims, even though those claims fall within what's proper and appropriate for Medicare. So this is an opportunity 
to make a switch if you need to, if you feel it's in your best interest. From October it's really 18th until It's really important. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have to go to break, and um, I, I, hope, I wish you a good weekend, Max, and thanks for all you do. Thank you very much for having me. All right. We're going to be back with Jeff Napolitano, and uh, he has pre-recorded an interview that is uh, quite interesting uh, with Miranda Gru and others who went to Cuba for May Day of 2022 as part of the U.S.-Canadian Youth Delegation. We'll be back with that pre-recorded interview right after these messages. Stay with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. The Postal Service has asked for another price hike for first-class stamps. It's not the same one requested in July, but a whole new hike the agency hopes will go into effect in January. It would be only the second time in the 247-year history of the post office that stamp prices have gone up twice in a year. This month has produced no relief for the declining number of people who are considering the purchase of a home. While it's true that prices have softened a bit, mortgage rates rose to their highest level since 2006 this week. The average 30-year rate is now 6.8%. Survey scams are popping up all across the country in emails and on social media. Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison says the scams take many different forms. Sometimes they claim to be from a well-known company. The goal is to steal consumers' personal information. I'm Mark Huffman. Learn more at ConsumerAffairs.com. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. Attorney General Maura Healey visited Northampton yesterday as part of her campaign for governor. Mayor Gina Louise Shera and Senator Joe Comerford accompanied the attorney general as she toured the city and stopped at local businesses. Healey spoke with 22 News about how she plans to prioritize Western Mass if she's elected governor. That means representation on boards and commissions and agencies. It means delivering specifically investments in education, in job training, in vocational programs, in economic development. Other topics discussed were the benefit that outdoor dining has brought to the city, Healy's support of the fair share amendment, and the need for better public transportation in Western Mass. Police continue to investigate the double homicide in the Indian Orchard neighborhood of Springfield on Wednesday. Police responded to a home on Main Street around 4 a.m. where one victim was pronounced dead at the scene and another was transported to Bay State Medical Center with fatal injuries. Police say the killings were targeted. An online petition has picked up over 1,000 signatures to remove the Big Indian statue at the Native and Himalayan Views, formerly the Big Indian Shop, on Route 2 in Charlemont. Samantha Sylvester started the petition and wrote, The caricature images found at Native and Himalayan View continue to invisibilize hundreds of sovereign nations and cultures. Native people need to regain control over the representation of our own identities. The owner of the store, Sonam Lama, bought the shop in 2009 and said he's willing to meet and work with Sylvester. Mostly sunny this afternoon, a high of 64 to 68. Mostly clear tonight, overnight low of 36 to 42. Sunshine continues tomorrow, a high of 66 to 70. And mostly sunny skies on Sunday with a high in the mid-60s. I'm 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist Brian Lapis, 1015 WHMP.
Sunday mornings on WHMP means polka, polka carousel. Every Sunday morning from 8 till noon, TZ brings his award-winning polka carousel to the airwaves of the valley, playing the polka classics and the latest polka hits. There are polka hits? Brought to you by Saluzniak Funeral Home, Northampton's funeral home for over 110 years and four generations of unparalleled, thoughtful memorial care. It's Polka Carousel every Sunday morning from 8 till noon, WHMP. Why work for just any hospital when you can work as a medical assistant, patient service rep, office nurse, or scheduler for Cooley Dickinson Hospital in Northampton? Cooley Dickinson is the winner of the Best Local Hospital Award by the Daily Hampshire Gazette's 2022 Reader's Choice Awards. Don't wait. Apply online at CooleyDickinson.org today. This is my mom. She's the best. We have so much fun together. Right after I was born, my mom got really, really sick. She was so sick that she needed to get a new heart just so she could live. My mom told me that she got her new heart from someone she didn't even know. That person saved my mom. That person is my hero. Be a hero. Be an organ donor. Register at registerme.org. Sponsored by New England Donor Services. Do you know what's going on in business in Western Mass? You do if you read Business West. Find out which companies are growing, which companies are innovating. Learn about people on the move, people taking the lead. Every issue of Business West is packed with business news, including incorporations, building permits, real estate transactions, and bankruptcies. Pick up a copy or read Business West online. The vital business news is in Business West, the business journal of Western Mass. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And welcome back, and thank you for joining us at the end of a really beautiful day. Um, so Miranda Grow and others went to Cuba for May Day of 2022 as part of a U.S.-Canadian youth delegation, and, and she and others are having a report back on Sunday at 2 o'clock in Holyoke at the Dwight Street Community Garden, and she discussed the trip that she took in a recorded segment with our own Jeff DiPolitano, our social justice correspondent, and here it is. We are joined by Miranda Gru, who is a member of the Anti-Imperialist Action Committee based here in Western Massachusetts, although there obviously is a international aspect of the group because Miranda is going to talk about the trip that she and others took to Cuba. And also, more importantly, this Sunday, October 16th, at the Dwight Street Community Garden at 774 Dwight Street in Holyoke, there's going to be a program called Let Cuba Live, which is a report back from Miranda and others from the Anti-Imperialist Action Committee, what they did in Cuba so, Miranda, welcome. Yes, thank you for having me. And I should say that for full disclosure, I used to work with Miranda. Miranda was a colleague at the Resistance Center for Peace and Justice in Western Massachusetts, but obviously has gone on to bigger and better things. And before we go on to the whole Cuba thing, 
I should also mention that as a member of another organization, the Demilitarized Western Mass Group, she will be receiving a Peace Builder Award uh, at the Massachusetts Peace Action Dinner tomorrow. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so congratulations. You're getting Thank all the you. awards. Just um, one. Yes. Just one. Well, you know, wait, they, they'll pile up over time. <laughs> at some point, you'll be going for your, your EGOT, you know, your Emmy, Grammy, Tony and whatever the O stands for, you know, you got something to aspire to. Yeah. I don't right. know what it stands it, for. It, yeah. all, it all has to start somewhere. So tell us about Let Cuba Live this Sunday at two in Holyoke. Uh, what is who who did you go with? What did you see? What are you reporting back? Yeah, that's right. So as you said, I'm a member of the Anti-Imperialist Action Committee, and um, we're a collection of activists in Western Mass organizing to oppose U.S. imperialism and build working class power. We do this through education, mutual aid, and direct action, and three of us received an invitation from the International People's Assembly to attend a a delegation, a youth delegation to Cuba for May Day, which was amazing. The the delegation was made up of about 100 youth organizers from across North America. These are folks organizing in their communities, uh, artists, educators, activists, and we went to learn from Cuba about the successes of the revolution, also the challenges they faced under the U.S. blockade. So this was 100 activists that were, they were all from North America, so... Canada and the United States. Uh, So we had, yeah, Palestine rights activists, we had activists from Code Pink, popular anti-war groups, uh, and a lot of tenants union, labor unions as well. So yeah, really incredible group of people. Um, and so um, what did you learn, Miranda? What did you get out of the, <laughs> the this international assembly? I've never been on a trip like this. I learned so much more than I'm going to be able to tell you today, but that's why you should come to the Let Cuba Live report back this Sunday at 2 p.m. at the Dwight Street Community Garden. But I think what our biggest takeaway, it, it was twofold. One was that Cuba is really building a country that prioritizes people over profit, something we're not familiar with here in the United States, where they're able to give uh, every person free healthcare, free education, uh, just, you know, basic human rights. And at the same time, every move folks make in Cuba is made harder by the U.S. blockade, uh, an embargo that has been on the country for over 60 years at this point. And you say that they're they're building a country. They they sort of have built a country. I mean, it's it's sort of remarkable what Cuba has done uh, with uh, so little resources and and such of uh, uh, such pressure from the the sole superpower in the world, really. So they've they've. I I keep thinking about the stories about how when there's a hurricane, Puerto Rico Mm -hmm. loses power for months because the way that. The U.S. basically preys upon Puerto Rico as a as a, a way to privatize and, and profit off of people who don't have a lot of agency or a lot of power. Whereas in Cuba, mm-hmm. right before there's a hurricane, folks that go out and they like pull down the electrical wires. And as soon as the hurricane passes, they put them all back up and they have power, you know, almost instantly after afterwards. Um, and so it's like a model yes. of, of two different types of countries, two different types of societies. You're listening to the Good Work segment on Afternoon Buzz on WHMP. My name is Jeff Napolitano, and I was interviewing Miranda Gru from the Anti-Imperialist Action Committee and her recent trip to Cuba. What what stuck out to you? What was a... Sure. What did this yeah. look like to you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, to your point, I think that's something that is incredible about Cuba is they have been prioritizing climate change um, and the effects of climate change much longer and much more seriously than the United States could ever right now. Um, And they are incredibly organized and 
have the knowledge to make these plans and at the same time are also held up by the, the blockade, by the embargo, not being able to import certain materials they need for their climate change preparedness plan. But I think to kind of drive the point home, something that really stuck out to me is uh, one of the days in the brigade, we were walking around a working class neighborhood in Havana. We got a tour of the neighborhood and uh, one of our members, Ramona, spoke with a young mother holding her newborn baby. And she shared with Ramona that she's on paid maternity leave for over a year, which is a national policy in <laughs> Cuba. Um, her doctor comes to visit her every every week or every other week it was Um uh, just to check in. And then uh, her child is going to grow up in this neighborhood with a school right around the corner with a clinic in the neighborhood. And she also shared that once her child's old enough, she is ready to go back to school and pursue engineering. And everything I just described to you are things she's like getting for free from her government, which is committed to taking care of her, which again, sounds so foreign to us in the United States where you can't even imagine, I can't logistically imagine having a child because I don't know, like you can't, pay for childcare, leave work, all this stuff that, again, they're making sure that people are afforded. It's pretty crazy. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting that the the GDP of um, the gross domestic product of the United States is $22,000 billion, billion a year. It's, it's a lot of money. And Cuba is $110. $110 billion is Cuba. The United States is $22,000 billion, which is, you know, uh, of course, I don't know how to do the math Oof. properly, but yeah. 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 And, and we know that's like how the United States is measuring success, which is right. wild, right. you know, yeah. yeah. by its own metrics, you know, it's the, the United States should be so much better. So folks should be so much better off. But, you know, I was just listening about the question on the ballot uh, in Massachusetts, where like, oh, maybe we can get dental insurance companies to not take undisclosed amount of the profit and instead let's let's compel them to at least spend 83% of premium money on providing actual dental care care for people whereas cuba is like you know oh yeah. over a year of maternity leave right preschool yeah. And uh, meanwhile, I, my my old butt is still paying off my student loans. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the thing. I mean, free education for everyone. So when you showed up in Cuba, um, where did you go? Where did you stay? Who did you stay with? Um, what, what did you do? Yeah. So we spent most of our week in Havana and we had a pretty busy schedule. We were really lucky to meet with labor unions. We met with LBGTQ activists. We met with anti-racist educators uh, all in Havana. We met with different politicians who all shared with us, you know, the progress that they've been making in their communities. Um, I think something, again, that might be a little foreign to us in the United States is people are really organized in their neighborhoods and they're committed to making sure like their their next door neighbor has what they need um, in, in a way that I think we feel really isolated from. So it was really sweet and interesting to hear about those efforts. Yeah. That is Jeff Napolitano interviewing Miranda Gru uh, of the Anti-Imperialist Action Committee, uh, who's discussing, she's reporting back, uh, as she will in greater detail, along with her group on October 16th at 2 o'clock at the Dwight Street Community Garden at 774 Dwight Street in Holyoke. We're going to return to Jeff's discussion 
with Miranda in just a few minutes, so stay with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. What, what I'm trying to communicate is that there are many, many layers of, of safety management in place at Eversource to ensure that we reduce as much risk as, as possible. Does the Bliss Street Station intentionally vent gas regularly? Because I can tell you that it vents gas. Pretty much every time I've gone to that area, I have smelled gas. 1015, 1400, and 1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. Dinner tonight starts with a tap. Tap the local hero guide on the CISA website and find farm fresh food close to where you are. There are so many farms and farm stands just minutes away. Look for the bright yellow local hero label in stores and restaurants. Local Hero Food, the beauty and the bounty of our fertile River Valley farmlands on your dinner table tonight. The Local Hero Guide is at the CISA website, buylocalfood.org. Buy a mattress online? There are at least 100 websites that'll ship you a mattress rolled up like a burrito and stuffed in a box. Wait a minute. You and your mattress will spend seven or eight intimate hours together every night for years. Don't you need more than pixels to know what it actually feels like? Maybe you could just lay on the screen and... Hi, it's Robin from Talon Furniture. We mostly sell therapeutic mattresses at Talon. Not Tempur-Pedic, not trying to mislead you. Come to Talon Furniture and lay down on a therapeutic. I'll leave you alone. You can see how you are together. Therapeutic mattresses are clean. No toxic off-gassing. I've been to the factory in Brockton. Yes, they're made by fellow Red Sox fans. You like eating local? Try sleeping local. Talon delivers and sets it up. We don't just drop a big burrito on your doorstep. You won't have to wrestle it through the kitchen or up the stairs. Talon Furniture, a real store, just down the Hammers College. People like pink ladies. Macintosh and McCowns are popular. Red Delicious is the old standby. Gala, the new darling. Some people swear by Honeycrisp. And who doesn't love Granny Smith? Appling at River Valley Co-op, all the greatest hits. Plus, heirlooms like Carrie's Irish Pippin and Belle de Boscou. With 50 varieties of apples, you never know. There's an heirloom called Sops of Wine? Really? Hooray, hooray, an apple a day. River Valley Co-op, wild about local apples. Would you like a better world? It's as easy as grabbing a hammer and building a home. Pioneer Valley Habitat for Humanity builds strength, stability, and self-reliance through affordable home ownership in Hampshire and Franklin County. It's not a handout, it's a hand up. Habitat homes are built with donations of material, land, and services. Your homeowners and volunteers create a partnership with Habitat for Humanity to build a home, strengthen our neighborhoods, and create a legacy for our community. Help transform the world. Volunteer and support Pioneer Valley Habitat for Humanity. PVHabitat.org. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And we are back with a pre-recorded um, uh, interview discussion between uh, our social justice correspondent, Jeff Napolitano, and Miranda Grew, um, who went to Cuba uh, for May Day of 2022. They will be reporting back the Anti-Imperialist Action Committee on October 16th, uh, today's the 14th, so that is Sunday at two o'clock at the Dwight Street Community Garden 
774 Dwight Street in Holyoke. And here is their discussion with Jeff. My interview is with Miranda Grew from the Anti-Imperialist Action Committee, who's holding an event entitled Let Cuba Live this Sunday at 2 p.m. in Holyoke at the Dwight Street Community Garden at 774 Dwight Street. This is Miranda Grew talking about her recent trip to Cuba. So uh, I'm just wondering, like, what was it that you uh, saw on a day-to-day basis? How did it differ from, like, are people wearing masks because of covid I know that, that Cuba yeah. is actually doing per capita much better in terms of deaths, in terms, I, I'm not sure about cases, but yeah. definitely in terms of deaths, they're doing much better than the United States. Yeah, but, yeah. no, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up. That was something huge. I mean, people, you wear a mask and it's not a question. It's really not a question. There's no funny debate about it. People are out, you know, out in public. They're going to protect each other. They're going to wear a mask. Also, we know, you know, Cuba is a leader in the pharma tech industry having developed three of their own highly affected COVID-19 vaccines. Um, and then again, we they face like barriers with the blockade where it's not often possible to acquire the raw materials they need to produce like any given medicine. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's interesting to note too, that uh, there has been so many different times the United States has denied help from uh, Cuba's industry, pharma tech industry, and denied help from Cuban doctors in, in times when um, you know, we've really needed it. You went to this conference, um, this international assembly. What was the the thrust of it? What what did you take away in terms of? Did they tell you how to how to get year long maternity <laughs> leave here in the United States, or how to get healthcare yeah. here in the United States? Did they? Yeah. What's, what's the ins, What's the plan? What's the plan they, here, Miranda? They gave us a five step plan. We're on step two. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, no, no. So I mean, I think there are again two things, and it was really I, I think something that was important for this brigade. This was a youth brigade yep. where we're thinking about. Uh, The fact that there was a lot of folks maybe who felt connected to the Cuban revolution when it happened, Mm -hmm. but uh, time has gone by and people have kind of, I don't want to say forgotten. I think they've been intentionally not told of the successes of the Cuban revolution and of Mm -hmm. their systems. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's something that I think now there are at least a hundred more young people who are reminded of that and who can see that this is a system that can work. And I think Uh, Yeah, it's about how we can learn from what they're doing and how we can um, see like that this is possible. This is not a pipe dream. This is happening. And it's also about realizing that we in the United States are living kind of in the belly of the beast, this like beast that's preventing Cuba from realizing their, you know, full potential through this incredibly inhumane embargo that has been, you know, condemned by the United Nations time and time again condemned by a number of other countries in Latin America and the Caribbean. Um, And so it's also a big responsibility when we think about our role here in the United States and how we choose to uh, engage with U.S. foreign policy. I know that Jim McGovern, our own representative here in Western Massachusetts and Central Massachusetts, um, has pretty good positions on different things. Do do you have a sense of what his position is on Cuba and the blockade Mm -hmm. and so forth? Yeah, we are grateful that uh, Congressman McGovern has always been opposed opposed to the embargo. So uh, that's not a question. We are in kind of an ongoing conversation with his office around, you know, what more can be done. Uh, Congressman McGovern's been awesome in signing different letters from from Congress or even starting letters that are uh, encouraging the Biden administration to lift this embargo. 
though we are always wondering you know what more can can he do uh so you know whether it's a piece of legislation or maybe talking to his colleagues whatever it may be we are yeah in that conversation which is exciting it's good to have him as an ally in congress he's a member uh, of the leadership in the house yeah, of representatives yeah. he's he's not just Powerful some schmuck guy to know yeah he's That's a guy right. yeah you're going to be reporting back on sunday 2 p.m 7074 dwight street in holyoke um at the dwight street community garden what is the next step afterwards you're you know you went to cuba you're mm-hmm. coming back you're going to talk to people is there uh, you know, another um, uh, assembly that's going to happen uh, in you yeah. know, another six months that's going to bring people back? What's the, what's the process for keeping the communication, the dialogue flowing internationally, as it were? Yeah, absolutely. So the Anti-Imperialist Action Committee does a lot of solidarity work with both Cuba and Venezuela. So um, in we do this through direct action campaigns. So keeping that line of communication with Congressman McGovern open, making sure that we're, you know, that he's doing the most that he can as a member of Congress to lift these aggressive U.S. policies. We also engage in, in a lot of mutual aid work. So this Sunday will be a benefit for hurricane relief from Hurricane Ian, Ian that um, Cuba is still recovering from. And uh, we'll also be doing mutual aid work with different communes in Venezuela that I know you talked with Selena about um, on another show. So that's, that's how we kind of continue the conversation. We're also looking to learn more together. I have so much to learn. I know we all do. So we're looking to do film screenings and uh, book clubs, things like that. So those can be some exciting things following the report back. If you, whether or not you can make it, you can find us on social media on Instagram and Facebook and always shoot us a message if you're interested in getting more involved or learning more about the group. Let's end these embargoes of Cuba and Venezuela. They get, they get us nothing and they hurt people, including us. Thank you for joining us all week on the Afternoon Buzz, and we look forward to visiting with you on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Want to support the kind of talk you hear on the Afternoon Buzz? Want to hear your business's message here on WHMP? Email us, your message at whmp.com. We'll help you craft a marketing message that'll reach listeners of your favorite WHMP show. And you'll be supporting the local news, Valley Talk, Live and progressive and voices news and talk right for Northampton and the Valley since 1950. WHMP Northampton. WHMQ Greenfield. A Northampton Radio Group Station.